we have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. What's up, Dojo family? I'm here with my dear friend, Garen, who, man, we've been bopping in and out of each other's reality for many, many years now. And we were just joking about, you know, how we, we see each other and we connect and we've always had this really beautiful resonance with one another. And we're always around like 50 other people. And so we haven't really had the opportunity to go all the way in together in our recent chapter. We had a couple of phone calls in our early, in our earlier days of meeting, but we hadn't like really, really dropped in at the leading edge of who we've become now today. So what better place to do that than here on the Dojo podcast and invite you all into that conversation as we really also welcome Garen into the Dojo field, which is really built on the singular intention to identify where our leading edge lives and embody the version of ourselves that lives on the other side, recognizing we, you know, we spoke a little bit about this idea of the human 2.0, and we're going to get into what that even means, but each one of us always channeling infinite consciousness through our finite human form have a leading edge. We, we have a place in our lives that we're being invited forward. We're being invited to expand. And the nature of an edge is often that there's something on the other side of it that is unknown, that we've yet to experience, that we've yet to feel, something that we might be afraid of, and where life continues to call us forward into the places that we are not so that we can grow and expand and experience more of what it looks like to live into our design. And so I'm excited to explore what that looks like for you, Garen, today. And I'd just love to invite you to share your voice and share your deepest why for being here today when we first tuned in together. Well, first and foremost, uh, thank you for having me on. and Thank you for being brave enough to, uh, with strength, put out um, the frequency of vulnerability and, ex- and exposing yourself uh, for creating something like this so that stories like mine have wings. So I just wanna acknowledge you and honor you in that, in that space. Mm-hmm. My deepest why for being here is to be a bridge uh, between the worlds that people are just constantly seeking. I know a bunch of spiritual people who are broke. They can't seem to figure out business. And I know a bunch of business people who are spiritually broken. And... uh, I'm a hybrid. I'm like the hybrid entrepreneur that sits between both worlds. And I know there's a resonant conversation. And I know that um, today by showing as an example that you can oscillate between both worlds and then, and then coagulate those worlds into one world, it can create something really, really, really extraordinary. So I'm just, my deepest why is to be an example of of a different perspective to look at your life at um, and a different approach that 
could potentially produce extraordinary results in every single area. Mm. Thank you. And I really see the integrity with which you walk in both of those categories that you're naming from, you know, the side of spirituality and your direct channel and witnessing you in that channel state and where you get plugged in, whether you're using your voice to sing or using your voice to channel or using your voice to just emit genuine kindness. That's been a constant I've witnessed in you. And then the, the flip side of it, really cracking the money code and and how to generate resources and steward resources in a way that is reciprocal and supportive for both yourself and and everyone around you that takes a journey and i actually would love to hear a little bit about what made you you so can you give us for anyone who's just getting to feel you for the first time on this episode i know that when we we serve up the medicine that we had to learn first anyone doing that you know, is with integrity is doing it from that place. So tell me about the time that you, the times that you were disconnected spiritually and totally broke and what it took for you to kind of break in. Like, what did it look like for you to break into your financial freedom? And what did it look like for you to break free from the distortion of disconnection into the truth of spiritual freedom, which to me being spiritual, that's such a, it's like, it's, it's such a cookie cutter language. Like, are you spiritual? Like, what does that even mean to be spiritual? You know, like, right. And so tell me your, whichever direction you want to go with it from what, what did your awakening into more connection to spirit look like? And what was it when you were not, or on the side of finances and money? Like what was, what's the opposite of where you are now? I will share with you, um, I have several stories and I love to train through stories, but, um, mm-hmm. but I, my mom was one of the greatest mentors back when I was a kid, when I was totally unaware and one of the greatest mentors now, but not like your typical Tony Robbins type mentor. I learned from what she did and I learned from what she didn't do. And I learned from the things that I didn't like. And I learned from the things that I really loved. And I learned from the things that when I connected the dots going backwards, looking at my life, I'm like, oh shit, my mom's a fucking G. So I'll I'll speak through four different dimensions of my mom. What's her name? Sherian Jones. Sherian. Okay, let's call him in Sherian. Yeah. So I was was born in a household where anytime I would ask my mom, uh, for something that was expensive to her. She was like, we, I can't afford that. We ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can make your own money, you can buy whatever you want. Yeah. So let's book, bookmark that. We don't have any money. We don't have any money. We can't afford it. And you keep sharing those, that language, which is, you know how ABCs works, ABCs, over and over and over evolves into words, sentences, paragraphs, books, essays, encyclopedias. So now the ABCs of a worthiness conversation, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We ain't got no money. And that's ABCs. And adults are deteriorated children. So when you're not even aware of the things that made you who you are today, and that's just a running program in the back background of your mind, and you're just hearing over and over and over, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. It's in the same resonant frequency. So that was a running program my entire life until I hit 33. That's story number one. Story number two was even though my mom said we can't afford it. And whenever I would ask her for something, that I really needed clothes on my back, new shoes for school, something that I really needed. I would watch her say, I can't do it right now. And then she would always figure out a way. Mm. Always. I mean, I don't, whatever she, never underestimate the power of a mom who is willing to go anywhere and everywhere to provide for her kids. That's a power that's beyond, I'm a powerful divine specimen and 
My mom in her power mm-hmm. that's willing to do whatever it takes for her kids is a whole different kind of power. Yeah. Um, I watched my mom do whatever it takes in the most extreme circumstances and always figure out a way to make it happen. Mm. So that is story number two. Story number three is when my mom said, whenever you can afford it, you can make your own money. You can buy whatever you want. So what I did as a five-year-old is I created a lemonade stand. My mom said, you would go from door to door, knocking on people's doors, asking if you can wash their car. If they said no, you say, can you wash their lawn? And if they said no, she was like, you would never take no for an answer. Mm. But it wasn't about the no. It was that I wanted the pair of Jordans and I was willing to do whatever it took to get what I wanted because what was domesticated from my mom was she was going to get it even if she didn't have the money at the time. So those stories are oscillating. Now, story number four, my brother, Anthony. I started puberty when I was 18. So I was very small for a very long time. My brother started puberty when he was nine. And we used to wrestle every single day. So imagine 150 pound man child laying on a little boy and saying, get up while we were wrestling. So I would, I had to face a mountain every single day, get up. And I had to find a way to get up, find a way to get up, find a way to get up, find a way to get up. Now, inside of always finding a way to figure it out. I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I can't afford it. Finding a way to get up and becoming an entrepreneur because someone said, whenever you can make your own money, you can make what you can, you can have whatever you want. I developed the skills early on when I was five that most people never develop in their lifetime because they're afraid of rejection. So those four stories became the backbone of little hustling ass Garen from back in the day that would sell baseball cards, bubble gum, um, garage sale shoes, buy it, resell it, repackage it. That was always a part of my nature. Mm -hmm. So now imagine I'm doing this my whole life. Mm -hmm. Only code I needed to crack was I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. So now as we come into closing, fast forward to 32 and I'm about to be 44 next month. So when I was 32, somebody introduced me to a self-development seminar for the first time in my life. And I'm hearing all these things about leaders are readers. Successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people won't do. And I stopped in that moment looking at what I thought was unsuccessful people and then looking at what I thought was successful people, what they were reading, how they treated people when they were around, when they weren't around, how they acknowledged people, how they served without expecting anything in return. And I started noticing the beats in between the notes. And then I started to copy that. When I copied that, I broke the code to the abundance frequency, but I already had the skill set of entrepreneurship, being able to grow through my nose until I earned my powerful yes, and being always finding a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Super powerful. What do you think it was in you that was this innate ability to not fear rejection? Because I feel like that's one human primal that is like, don't put me out for the saber tooth tiger. I'll do what it takes to be in the circle. And you named like, you know, my, I just wasn't, I had to permeate the fear of rejection. And it sounds like you were doing that from a very early age. And so I'm curious, like, was that, I mean, I feel like it's actually innate to fear rejection. So what did you do to reverse engineer that in the earlier stages? And did that just stick or did you go through waves? connected to that piece. I have one story that I'll share with you. When I first came to LA, I wanted, somebody challenged me to be a model, fashion model. I was five foot nine. The going rate for male models was six foot one. 
And because they were condescending when they said it to me, I was like, well, I'll show you, I'll, I'll be a model and I'm going to be a top model. And they were laughing. So I wrote down every single agency that was in Los Angeles, clear, click, Q, Wilhelmina, Ford. I mean, I, major, all these different agencies. I put the easiest ones first and the most difficult ones last. When I had my ego, I was like, of course I'll pick, I'll get in this one. And they rejected me. They, they were like, we already have somebody that looks like you. And during that time in 2001, there wasn't that many uh, black models on the wall. You had the one light-skinned guy, one dark skin with the green eyes, one light-skinned girl, one dark-skinned African girl with the, you know, with the chiseled jawbones. It was like one and one, literally on every single agency. Okay. Now, now, now it's way more diverse, but back in 2001, it wasn't. They already had someone that looked like me damn near on every single wall. And over the next three days, I got rejected by 11 agencies. But every time I wanted to quit, a voice inside said, Garen, you've come this far, keep moving forward. And I don't, that is just what I just listened because yeah. I didn't have a car. I was going through bus rides and everything. And I'm just, man, okay. Yep. They look at me for five minutes. We already have somebody that looks like you. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, even look at my pictures. <laughs> so I go through three days of this. And then the last day I'm at four, I'm at Wilhelmina and there's maybe 75 guys in there. All of them were taller than me. All of them had better bodies than me. All of them, to my eyes, looked better than me. They, they, and I kept saying, well, I don't look like any of these models. So here I am in my 11th rejection. I'm like, I might as well just get it over with. Mm-hmm. And so when I was focused on rejection, I kept getting rejected. And I remember right before they were about to call my name, I said, you know what? I, d- I know I don't have the abs and I know I don't have the portfolio like everyone else. And I know I don't look like any of these models, but listen, this is just me. And if you can't accept me for me, but then it's not meant to be. And I remember walking in and I saw this little bitty, little bitty gay dude, David Todd. And he was like, hmm, hmm. And in my head, I'm like, this is already longer than they gave everybody else because they were looking at him for like five minutes. He goes back, brings back, three other um, agents, they took a Polaroid, my little bird chest. And they said, in my head, I was like, I don't look like any of these models. You know what he said? We'd love to represent you. You don't look like any of our other models. Mm. And I was like, uh. and it, was, it was that moment yeah. that dropped a seed in me. Yeah. Maybe this isn't rejection. Maybe this is the process that grows me into the kind of person that can sustain at the level that I'm actually trying to go to. Mm-hmm. So I grew through the process yeah. to earn my powerful yes. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't, I no longer see a no. I see the process. Mm-hmm. And when it's my turn, I will have developed and shaped and molded. And I become the kind of person that doesn't pop and drop. I become the kind of person that can actually sustain at any level that, that, that I call into my life. Mm-hmm. That's the, I do what it takes energy. You know, I can feel these pieces of you that you described that were cultivated in your youth operating all the way through your life. And I find like, man, the experiences we have that are the toughest and the hardest give us our bite. They give us our drive. It's like sitting on a, a like a lazy boy chair you're probably not going to get up, but if you sit down and there's a thumbtack, it's like, boom, it, it, it gives you this drive to get up and, and move. And so I really feel that the resilience that was cultivated through all the years, you know, growing up that were challenging and those dismantling of the misbelief structures. And there's also just a willingness that you're bringing to keep feeling the thing that you didn't want to feel. And then re like, almost like rewrite the story in your own mind because it's wild like the thing that was the reason why you weren't getting selected like man i don't look like any of these other models you're saying that in your head and then out of his mouth comes as soon as you were like willing to feel the feeling of rejection like man like if they reject me it's fine like you had permeated it enough that it wasn't jarring you anymore 
it's like doing lifts. It reminds me of doing lifts in the gym. Like you went to whatever, however many agencies, like 10 agencies and got rejected 10 times and every, by the 10th time, it's almost like you popped where there was no more. It, it was like, I don't know if it was reducing in the pain, the feeling of rejection, but maybe you were getting more resilient or more used to it or more willing to feel it. And then by the time the pop happened, it was just like, reject me or don't reject me. I know that I'm good regardless. I know that I'm good regardless. And something I want to add to that to just add so, to, to, to more practicality. Yeah. According to your dream, prayer, wish, desire. Unlocks the equal of its resistance. Mm -hmm. It has been sent to test you to see if what you want is what you really want. Mm -hmm. Just like a video game. If you lose to the dragon at the end of the ground, at the end of the round, you stay on the same level. You beat the dragon, you go to the next level. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people say, oh, I want to be successful, I want to be in a committed relationship, then all of a sudden these random thoughts start coming in and then you start being insecure with yourself. And all of a sudden you don't be seen in a relationship where you don't see yourself, which makes sense because you're a mirror. All of that becomes the resistance. Mm -hmm. That is your training partner so that you can develop into the kind of person that can sustain the thing that you actually want or get swallowed by it. Yeah. So right now, everybody out there has something where it's like, man, it's just like, I'm, I'm, it's, it, it's not happening in the time that I want. So maybe your test is patience, not doing patience, but who you become when patience becomes a part of you in the space of the infinite, everything becomes available. So inside of the frequency of patience, guess what happens? The thing shows up that you are so working really hard for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go, go ahead. Well, how do you know the difference in your own life or in the lives of your clients as you see when you're going for something, a, a, an intention, a goal, whether it's in your career or you know a relation, long-term relationship, and you're meeting a lot of resistance, let's say on the way. And I agree. And, and sometimes you're, you're calling in the exact resistance you need to expand beyond it. And then that gives you the muscle required to sustain the new level of being service relationship, whatever it is. And other times life is bringing in signaling that's saying you're out of alignment. This is like resistance. That's a redirection. It's almost like a karmic correction. How do you know the difference when someone yourself or someone you work with is white knuckling their way towards something like there's an attachment to an outcome that we decide on a human level should happen. And life is kind of saying you've gone as far as you needed to go. You've received the training a plus like now let go. It's a new direction. And there's just this, no, it has to happen this way. How do you know when it's actually a redirection or when it's like, no, keep going. And you, this is your test. So one, I I, I don't enter in something being attached to that, to being attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to the process, but mm -hmm. unattached to the outcome because the outcome can be 10 times greater than you as a human right. can, can, can create and have specific big time results that mirror that exact thing. So in my, the, the way I look at life, say, for instance, you, wanna, you want me to train. I've run 64 miles over a mountain. You want me to train you for a, uh, for a marathon, 26.2 miles, but you've never run a marathon before. I'm going to ask you, do you just want to walk across? Do you just want to finish? Do you want to complete in the top 50? Do you want top 25, top 10, top five, uh, top one, a world record? Depending on your specificities on what, how you want to complete the race, that determines the training I give you. Sometimes I'm going to give you a training that may seem like, why am I learning this when all I want to do is run? So in the way I look at life, everything after I open my mouth and I say, I want to be in a committed relationship, boom, everything that comes in there that causes the resistance is like, you're passing levels, passing levels, because it's not the, um, the white knuckling. What it is, is anytime I overcome anything, I become a different person. So that, that would be like saying, oh man, I was white knuckling this, this, uh, 
when I was smuggling drugs into from one country to a next to the next, the next thing you know, I'm serving a 12 year sentence in a French prison. And that could seem at, in the beginning like it was off key. Mm. But then when you look at the nectar of my life and see how much range I have and the grit that I have and the resilience that I have and the embodied patience. I'm probably one of the most patient people on the planet because I had to, because all the people that I wrote, all 150 people while I was in prison, five people wrote me back. So I learned how to love myself. I learned how to save myself while I was in prison, Mm. lockdown, or having things that I gave power to stripped away from me so that I could remember where the power began to begin with so that I could be still for long enough. So I could say that that was off key, but everything I learned while I was in prison, I learned to speak Braille. I learned to speak fluent French. I stopped using my dominant hand and use my non-dominant hand, which operated a different part of my brain. Every single thing that I learned, just like a, a martial arts belt, translate to the work that I do now. So I believe all of it, was a part, even if it felt like it was off key, it was on key for the bigger, yeah, for the bigger shaping of what I'm here to do. Mm, well said. Yeah. I mean, with the example, that's a really powerful example with prison, right? Because you could say, well, I was, you know, completely out of alignment, right? And so that's what landed me in prison. But there's the 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 energy that was being followed there, the out of alignment energy, what you learned in prison the versatility, the patience, the devotion, all, all of it, that was needing to be forged in a deeper way that happened. Hello, my loves. If you've been following me for a while, you know that over the past several years, I've birthed an ecosystem of transformational containers that have not only yielded profound personal evolution for all involved, but also true, lasting sisterhood. And the intimacy cultivated within this sisterhood has yielded a field of true safety that is profoundly conducive to personal transformation. And it keeps getting stronger. The dojo field has seen cohort after cohort of women claim their freedom, truth, and higher calling. And the women keep showing up for one another year after year. It's truly profound. I really trust the magnetism of the dojo field, and it is time now to call in the women for the next cohort of the dojo immersed. The Dojo Immersed is a three-month higher self-embodiment initiation for women who are leaders, facilitators, and natural guides ready to claim their next levels of service and empowerment. Saying yes to this container means a commitment to massive expansion. It means being willing to see everything that is not in full alignment in your life and being willing to dive deep into your own personal healing process, claim responsibility for your creative power, and create full congruency in every area of your life. Inside, you'll journey with an intimate cohort of 10 to 12 women who are devoted to doing the same. Women who are devoted to sisterhood and devoted to liberation in service of life on this planet. This three-month container centers on a three-night in-person immersion and qualifies you to continue forward into the deeper layers of entrainment available within the dojo ecosystem. If you're feeling the call, now is the time to fill out an application and set up a call to explore alignment with me. Visit zaharazimring.com slash the dojo immersed or see the link in the show notes to apply. through that redirection. How long were you in prison? I don't even know the full spectrum of that story, but how long were you there? And I mean, I can imagine that's a lot of people's like scary, one of their scary, like scariest, worst nightmares. So what, can you go a little deeper into what that was like? And what, what, what was the moment that you were like, I'm deciding to make gold out of this? 
I was in prison for two and a half years for, and I just had had a new baby. My daughter now is 21, about to graduate from NYU. Uh, shout out to Kylea. Um, so I was in there for two and a half years, wow. serving a 12 year sentence at the, height, at the height of my acting and modeling career. I'm on billboards, I'm in magazines. And wow. next thing you know, the most anti-drug person still to this day, never had a sip of alcohol. Mm-hmm. in jail mm-hmm. for smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin from one country to the next. Mm-hmm. So here I am thinking, man, oh my God, what I was so stupid. Why didn't I think of this? Why did this? Blah, 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 blah. About two, two months, uh, two, two years and three months in, we were allowed to watch, uh, we, we were allowed to watch movies uh, once a month. Shawshank Redemption came on, which is a movie that's based out of prison. And Anthony Dufresne, he says, man, they they can take anything they want away from me, but they can't take away my mind. And instantly, I had the biggest epiphany of my life. I knew why I was in prison. Because when I was free, I used to say, I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I'm in prison inside of my own body. And I literally manifested being in another country in prison. And I said in that same breath, if I can think myself in prison, well, then I can think myself free. What would a free person do? What would a free man do? And a voice inside said, Garen, everything you used to love to do when you were a kid, what did I used to love to do? Used to love to run, used to love to draw, used to love to motivate people, used to love to sing. So guess what I started doing? I started singing. And I was already feeling this, what I now know is my essence of freedom. I started feeling free. And an inmate goes, every time you sing, it makes me feel free. And I just kept doing it. I started drawing portraits of other people's families and they were crying. I was like, man, this makes me feel so good. And then all of a sudden I'm just motivating people. I learned to speak fluent French. So I'm speaking in fluent French motivation. And I was just like, man, they just get a kick out of this. I love this. Yeah. Voice inside says, Garen, run. You love to run. And I'm like, but there's nobody running. In the morning, we walk around in in the yard for one hour, two hours in the afternoon. I saw fights, drug deals, people stabbing each other. And the voice goes, run, nobody running. So I started running. 30 days, 60 something inmates was running with me. Less fights, less drug deals, less people stabbing each other. Now, I'm unaware spiritually of what's happening while I'm tapped all the way into little Garrett in losing my freedom. And I need y'all to really listen to this. You cannot fight for something only you can give to yourself. In losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. I was more free in prison than I'd ever been in my life because I was doing everything that I used to love to do as a child that made me feel the most free. There was something overflowing from me. There was a vibrational energy, this frequency that I couldn't even name at that time. This is as I connect the dots looking backwards. They already tested the drugs, and I'm going to close this out. Three times, 6.2 kilos of heroin. And then when I feel free, interesting, they call me in the office. They said, Jones, we retested the drugs for the amount, for the amount that was 90% was fake. And for the amount that was real, you've already done the time. You're free to go home. Wow. That right there. When I became aware, I went back. They say, leave the past in the past. Not if you didn't get the lesson because your future will become a recreation of your past. I went back, what did I learn? What is this? How did I feel? And I extracted all of the lessons. And once you get the lesson, then you get the blessing. I was like, oh, teach people how to embody the essence of freedom. Mm-hmm. And the universe becomes plastic and, man, and human doesn't have the final say so. In this ethereal world, it is who you're embodying, your full self, and your life will match. Damn. 
I got chills so many times in that story that you're sharing, you know, that is profound and powerful and really speaks to who you are. And that brings me to the other side of the question we started with, which is the catalyst for what you would consider to be your awakening into connection with spirit, you know, and what does you being conscious or being spiritual, right? We said that's such like a blanket statement, but like, what does that mean? And you, you're definitely sprinkling into it already through this story. We went through like the money codes in the first half. And now I'm, I'm definitely feeling like these major life catalysts of like, what is happening? How did I get myself? Like that become, they become these tunnels and these gateways into more freedom. And, you know, as now I'm 37 years old, I feel like I just am getting enough, enough years around the spiral to, to really, really track patterns in ways that, you know, allow me to appreciate age, the wisdom that comes with age, you know, and, and seeing where those cycles happen, where the really big pops happen. And yet they still, they come, you know, there's still, there's still big catalysts that invite us forward. And I feel like it really is this Fibonacci spiral where similar, you know, we see similar patterns and then we spiral around, but from a higher level of awareness where I'm like, I can feel similar sensations from the past, but I have more of my own awareness wrapped around. It's, it's the perspective of some age, which will continue to grow over time, obviously, but the perspective really creates breath for me and the ability to have perspective and bring awareness to situations, circumstance that we may not have had before that that awareness is forged through experiences like the one that you just described. For me, it's experiences like the one you just described that forge the awareness, the awareness and perspective for me creates a feeling of connection. When I'm holding the occurrences of my life with awareness and perspective, I feel connected to something more than is what is just like the physical three-dimensional reality of my moment. And when I feel, when I feel that, I feel like I'm being held by the force of life, by something greater, by a higher intelligence that has been moving the whole thing along in the direction that it needs to all the way. And so I'm curious for you, like what, was there a turning point? Is it a series of turning points? What, where, where's the anchor for you where you're bridging, right? Money codes and spirituality right? Consciousness and, and earth, essentially earth energy. Where's the bridge for you, where you moved into an awareness and a perspective that's greater than what was sitting right in front of you? Was it the experience in prison or what, is it more than that? No, because I wasn't aware of what happened in prison. So I had mm-hmm. a lot of ups and downs where a lot of really great things happened. And then it was like, how did you do this in modeling? And how did you do this in music? Yeah. How did you yeah. do th- I just wasn't aware and you can't change what you're not aware of. That's right. When I started going to personal development seminars and reading books and I stopped listening to music and I stopped watching TV and I stopped going to the nightclubs, chasing women because my life was a direct flip. I just, I, I, I literally started doing the opposite of everything um, that, that, I, that, I, that I wouldn't do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy. And so I, I trained myself to start doing the opposite. And um, I'd say the defining moment for me where everything shifted, um, it was uh, 2011 at 3.43 in the morning. Oh, 3.43 in the morning in yeah. 30 seconds. 3.43 <laughs> in the morning. Damn. I'll, I'll never forget. Uh-huh. 2011. And I cried and I cursed and I screamed. And it was like, I'm over $200,000 in debt at this time. I tried to take my life twice. My girlfriend had just broken up with me because I couldn't get my life together. My daughter pretty much disowned me because how can you give love from a tank where you don't love yourself? Plus I'm living in my car. Plus my mom is dying in the hospital with 12 back-to-back surgeries, a colostomy bag, uh, nine different medications. So it was the rock bottom of the rock bottom for me. And I'm aware that not everybody has, a, has the same rock bottom, but you have your own thread of rock bottom. For sure. That's when, instead of saying, why does this keep happening to me? Why does this, can it get any worse? It's the first time in my life I yelled and I said, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be held. 
healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people. And I want to make a bunch of money. But I want the money to represent something that I passionately believe in, that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Show me a sign. I'm just yelling. Mm. A week later, I'm at the gas station and a homeless guy asked me for money. I said, you have more money than me because he had a wad of money. And he said, change your mindset, change your life, and walks the fuck away. I've heard a lot of personal development things in my life and quotes. But it was something about the energy that was behind the words that created a conscious interrupt for me and made me see my whole life flash. I've been lying to myself this whole time. Is it because of the way I've been thinking? So if I do different with the same circumstance, my life will change. Change your mindset, change your life. I started doing the opposite. Reading books was part of the opposite. Going to personal development seminars was part of the opposite. Stop chasing and trying to sleep with women every single night at the night nightclubs and then chasing a better version of myself inside of books and 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 audiobooks was part of the opposite. Stop watching TV and and, and like and like really immersing myself into learning more about myself. So my life became this evolution that was staged outside of the domestication of the habitual behavior that I grew up in because we're habitual creatures by nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm 12 years removed, but inside of those 12 years, I now know it's not necessary for me to go back So I've designed my life. You create a game you actually like playing. There's people that's like, oh, I don't really like my job. Yeah, you chose to work there. Yeah. Specifically designed my life from 2011 up until the present moment in a way that works for my happiness. Yes. My joy. Well, not my happiness comes from me, but to amplify my happiness Mm -hmm. at whatever stage it was at, Mm -hmm. I always had a North Star, here's where I'm going, here's where I'm willing to give up, and here's what I'm committed to. Yeah. Now, by immersing myself in a community of people that were living in the direction of where I was going, flowers that grow together grow much faster than they do by themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, that was my 12-year journey of to up until when I met you. Now, I've ascended 10X since that time. And here's what happened. I've always known in the quiet of my mind that it wasn't truly fully me. I've always known. Anything that you've ever experienced from me, blue, anybody else, I always knew it was my 4%. Because when I was a little kid, I saw Nelson Mandela and I saw Gandhi. And I remember saying, that's me. That's me. And I instantly shut it down because I said, those are the type of people who get assassinated. So I was afraid of my own bigness. So what I did is I created, unconsciously created a little game that if my 4% is better than most people around me, perfect place to hide. Mm. So, as I close this story, I had a conversation with my grandmother who passed away when I was in 2015. I often talk to my big mama. Mm -hmm. talking to my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I said, why do I feel this block? There's Mm -hmm. something there. They say, Garen, you were never meant to be the most seen person in the world. And you've been trying to be seen. Garen, you're meant to whisper great secrets in the most powerful leader's ears. That, that is what you're meant to do. Look at your life. Look at who you draw to you but you're trying to be seen in a way, in a world where you have to do nothing to be seen. You're not meant to be the most seen person in the world. You're meant to do this, whisper the great secrets, and they can't kill who they can't see because now the one person becomes a body of leaders. However, those body of leaders need direction and you operate in energy. You operate in frequency. And just like Christ died for, for all of our sins, Garen, we chose you, our ancestors, we chose you to die 
for all of our sins. And that's why your life was so hard. So when you ascended, you ascended with all of our powers. Hmm. And I was like, fucking shit. This makes so much sense. Speaking with the trees, ancient language, ancestral. I mean, the range is ridiculous, but nobody taught me the range. It's always been there. And the more and more I grew, the more and more I opened up, the range opened up. Mm -hmm. Laying in bed with my wife, and this was the defining moment. So this moment now, Mm -hmm. laying in bed with my wife. And I said, baby, I accept. She's like, what are you talking about? And I shared with her the story that I just shared with you. Two minutes after I said I accept, I got a call from one of the most popular singers in the world who didn't have my number and said, I just watched you on a, on a podcast. You just came into my field. I really admire your sacred teachings. If you're ever in, out, out in LA, I want to learn from you. Three minutes later, I get, a con, I get a call. I get a message from Andre, our buddy Andre. It's like, hey, I'm putting together this mastermind with eight and nine figure earners, men's and everything. I feel... Like you should be a part of it. And I'm not an eight, nine figure earner yet, especially uh, monetarily. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, he wants me. He's like, so let me know when you're in LA. This was five minutes apart. Somebody else, two minutes later, operating from the same frequency. Let me know when you're in LA. Three minutes later, somebody else operating from the same fre- frequency. Let me know when you're in LA. And this is why I love my wife. And I will remarry her a thousand times. She said, baby, when are you getting your one-way ticket to LA? Mm-hmm. And ever since then, my life in every area, in intimacy, in parenting, in business, and the way the ideas drop into me, and when I'm operating in my channel, my retreat that's coming up next week, Awaken the Artist Within, everything has exploded 10x. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I have to say about that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. So inspiring. It's so beautiful to see you in your, like what I would say is your shine, just fully in connection with your design, you know? And when we are in connection with our design, there's no, there's no question about it. The question is taken out and it feels to me like the question has been taken out. So it's an effortless experience when you're truly have died enough times to what you are not in order to become in full connection with your design. When we are in that place, life, the force of life will really bring in the synchronicities and the support to, to, to just lubricate the path, which is helpful. That's when you know you're connected to your design. Now you said something earlier that I just want to touch on for anyone listening who is inspired as fuck for everyone listening who's inspired as fuck right now. <laughs> um, so. For, for everyone listening that really feels like, man, I know that there's my own version of what Garen's describing, right? Like I, it, it has to be, right? There has to be an expression of my design that is so clear that life lubricates the path in a way that I feel as excited and lit and on purpose as this man that I'm listening to right now. And what I find in, in, a lot of clients that I've worked with is that there's a, um, a place when it comes to money and you, you, you spoke to a shift where someone's working a job that they really don't want to be doing. And you said, you chose to do that job, right? So you, so for the individuals listening that are doing a job that they're choosing to do, but it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like I have to, it feels like I have to, because if I don't, the fear of, lack, the fear of being broke, the fear of ending up living in a car, the fear of not having resources, the like bottom Maslow's triangle level of supporting yourself. So for someone to break free on, on like a 3d level of like, man, like, but I have to do this thing that I don't want to do and go to this nine to five or what, however you're generating resources, but it's actually draining energy. It's very, you know, it's not connected to your design, but let's say it is you know, generating resources that are, that could support that person in moving toward the design. Do you think it's healthy to have like a tapering off or do you, do you recommend like a, just a full click out of what, what the person is doing? Like, cause there is an ownership. I liked what you said. And like, you're choosing this, 
And there is a like, oh, you're choosing this and we're infinite. And there are many different potentialities that we can allow a person to generate resources. Even, you know, going and getting walking dogs because you love animals and there's there's ways to generate that can support the ultimate goal and aim that is connected to your design. So I just, if you have anything to speak to in that moment, that's just like pop out of that. How do I pop out of that and even get the momentum going? One, uh, tapering off is the worst thing that you can do. It, it, shares, it shares a lot about your character, tapering mm-hmm. off an intimate relationship, tapering off. And, and, and that is just, that is, um, it's a mask of laziness and not willing to take responsibility. And fear. There's fear in there too. Like it's being this is what I'm saying. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to bring up. Instead of creating taper off, create a launching pad. In order to create mm. a launching pad, you must first have a plan. Mm. And this is where in the spiritual community, it's like, man, there's there's a lot of spiritual people who are broke, and there's a lot of business people who are spiritually broken. And what I know and I've coach on, it's like, yo, you've got to get your systems and business and your structure in order. If you can't do it because you're divine, crystallisness and all this other stuff, find people that are smarter than you in that area. So what I'm going to share is, you had said something about fear of loss, fear of this. Take the of and anything after that out. It's just fear, period. Fear, period. And anybody who is domesticated in fear can be controlled by fear. Let's just pretend fear is like a little thing of oil inside of water. You don't pluck the oil. You keep pouring water in the cup and it will flush out. So putting faith and, and having faith and believing that, you know what, this is what I really want to do. And I'm going to create a plan to do it because you respect and honor uh, and love yourself that much. You're going to create an exit strategy and not just like, oh, I quit. I'm like, no, no taper off. No, just like this exit strategy. Two people working at McDonald's. One of them just goes to pick up a check out of security and fear. This like, oh, this provides me safety. The other one has a plan to one day open up a chain of restaurants. So every time that person goes to McDonald's, they're going to their vision environment. They got or take the boards off, make the vision environment. They go to the vision environment. And all of a sudden, every time they're flipping the burgers, they were like, I wouldn't do it like that. I would do it like this, taking notes on their plan. Yeah. I have a boss like this that treats me like this. I wouldn't treat people like this. I would treat people like this. Take notes connected to the plan. Yeah. Therefore, you have built an entire data of the company that you are now going to run instead of learning it while you're in the company, you learned it while you were in the other company because you had a plan and you weren't just reti- relying on skill. You were, li- I mean, talent, you were relying on skill. Yeah. Skill and talent are two different things. A bunch of talented people will only get you so far. Skill, when skill meets talent, those are the people that, that do the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So I want to close with this. And this is very important, especially when it comes to money. There's a lot of people that just, how do you feel about nature? I just, oh my God, I love nature. How do you feel about trees? I love trees. What do you love about trees? Provides and, and it is consistent and, and it's like, I just feel so safe around trees. Cool. How do you feel about money? Oh, I have money issues and da, 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 da. The bark, the bark from a tree creates paper. That paper creates money. And whoever said, Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is a tree. So if you treated the piece of paper with preconceived value, like you actually treated the love and the openness and the understanding how it comes and goes, and it's always going to be here. If you treated it with the same reverence, the same respect, the same love, the same current that is flowing through you, watch how you become a magnet the same way you're a magnet to nature. And while we're on the topic to nature, this is the human 2.0. This is the next phase of human. Mark my words, mark my words. 
as we're coming into Earth 2.0, what do you think it's going to do to people? It's going to squeeze a lot of people out, but then another layer of a person is going to be birthed. That's the human 2.0. And what I feel, and this is feeling, this is not, this is not finite, this is feeling. What I feel is the person that is connected to the longest law, the longest law that has ever graced this, the, the essence of life, which is nature's laws. They don't change. It's like car seats and all this stuff, that stuff changes. Like vax, no vax, all this, all these laws, they change. Nature's laws always are present. They always preserve themselves. They always restore themselves. They always uh, overflow. They're always fruitful. The person who collaborates with nature's laws becomes one with nature. And anybody that becomes one with nature benefits from nature's resources, which will long live any aspect of human 1.0 right now. So I want you to remember this name. Harmonized human. That is one who is in harmony with nature as it was originally designed. Mm-hmm. Will be the next phase of human. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave you with some action steps. If you harbor resentment. Hot air balloon can't leave the ground unless you release, release the weight. Don't care what anybody did. If you harbor any aspect of resentment, if you haven't forgiven somebody for whatever they did, you're already in a jail cell in, in, in human 2.1. You will not ascend. Yeah. Learning to love yourself to the overflow and allowing people to experience your overflow, not your exhaust, will allow you to ascend and, will, and you will continue to evolve, continue to evolve. And then taking that same love and spreading that love to humankind and then doing the things that you used to love to do as a child because it connects you the closest to source. That's why they say all children go to heaven. So if you're closest to the child frequency, guess what you unlock the power of co-creation. This is what I call artist power, which is the strength that's needed to harness the harmonized human. Mm. Damn. So fucking powerful. You know, those are really important codes. And I think everything we covered on the episode leading in, in terms of the journey, the breakthrough points that you've walked are all, you know, you can compare and contrast your own life journey. It all contributes to becoming a harmonized human. The, Mm -hmm. The ability to learn how to let go of resentment and learn how to forgive it comes through sitting with yourself and being patient and being willing to feel the feeling of rejection and all, all the lessons, all the teachings, everything that's happening right now in your life, whoever you are and wherever you're listening from is a part of the training ground that is compelling your evolution towards harmonized human. So if there are people in your life that you have a hard time forgiving right now, that is the training right now. And you can collapse the opportunity into this moment right now. Uh, one of my greatest teachers so grateful full for him. He said, true forgiveness is realizing there was never anything to forgive. Mm. True forgiveness is realizing there was actually never anything to forgive because this awareness and perspective we spoke of earlier, which is completely linked to what it means to be spiritually connected from my perspective, to have awareness, the awareness of your consciousness wrapped around the stories of your life means that you have just enough space to see through the eyes of compassion, anyone in your life, the same way you've been able to see your own journey with compassion, how deeply what you named around loving yourself, loving yourself is how deeply can you forgive yourself? How much compassion can you bring to yourself when you make a mistake or when you, you know, perceive that you missed a mark or get put in prison, like how can you deeply forgive and bring compassion to yourself for the journey that you grew up in, for the, the storylines that you've been conditioned through? And as we un as we shed these layers of conditioning for you, some of the stories you named in the beginning of the episode around, you know, we can't afford it. Like 
you know, as we shed these layers of conditioning, we forgive ourselves for acting out of those protections that would have ever believed those stories. And so we have deep forgiveness for ourselves. So if we can see where our past conditioning and our stories that we told ourselves yielded certain identity structures and ways of being that were not our highest, and we learn how to forgive ourselves, then with time, we're going to be able to see that the same thing is happening in anyone in our lives, you know, that they, if they've done us wrong or they're, they're in a distortion or they're in a protection pattern, that individual, you can see there was never anything to forgive. If you can have compassion for them in their story, forgiveness does not mean that you don't have boundaries. If someone's attached to their protection, if someone's attached, if they're, you know, crossing your boundaries, you can have a boundary and still hold compassion and free yourself through forgiveness and realizing, wow, this person is in a blinder. This person is in their unconsciousness. They're in their storyline from all the pains of all their past iterations and whatever's going on in their lineage that they're here to clear just as much as you have been. And there's something so deeply freeing about realizing that wherever you look in your life, if you bring that lens of compassion, truly which is earned the ability to do that is in, it's in a certain it's an embodiment to embody true compassion yields forgiveness and someone who's walking as the embodiment of forgiveness there's a it's like a slippery like a duck like things don't stick too much for too long because it's just not worth carrying it in that way and so i do, i just appreciate the codes that you just brought and condensed because they're they're it's the personal development work wrapped into four steps of what it means to truly walk in harmony with your design and with life. And I just feel so grateful that you brought your story and your journey and the way that you're, you've arrived into your own expression of harmony on the planet at this time. And just to close out here, you know, if you were to like speak to everyone listening, not from where you're sitting today, but if you really tune into your leading edge and the version of you that is being birthed through you today, right now. So the version of you that's coming online today through this version of you today that you're working to embody, that you're leading and you're leading your life into. If that version of you, let's say six months from now was going to speak into the past now moment, what would that version of you say? He would have no words because words separate from the original language of sound, vibration, and frequency. Inside of his being would be entire universe that emanates permission globally for people to say, I choose me fully. Mm. I honor me fully, all of it, even the ugly parts. The ugly parts are actually beautiful because it's all art. He, it wouldn't be words. It would be an energy that is so vibrationally sound that even if you wanted to block it, you couldn't, mm. yeah. you couldn't block it because, because what comes from the heart goes into the heart. And so that version of me, that is, I'm speaking into the future, that is masterful in vocal harmonics, that is masterful in the language of resonant frequency is masterful in the language of vibration and that oscillates from the non-physical world and the physical world and harmonizes those two worlds together to create another world. Hmm. I don't want him to say anything to me. I want to say to him, Garrett, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listening. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. I'm coming. Uh-huh. I believe it. And I already feel it. Thank you so much.
for bringing your medicine, your voice, your truth, your rawness. Mm. Yeah, to this space today. And if anyone would like to find you and go deeper, where can they and what do you have coming up right now to receive some new energy in your life? Well, <laughs> I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I literally have four spots left at my retreat. It's called Awaken the Artist Within. The artist, the little kid, the artist is the little kid inside of you before life stripped away all your powers. Uh, the container knows how to safely walk you back into that energy that unlocks that power. This is what we've been talking about the whole time. I have four spots left. Uh, Blue is one of the co-facilitators. Co um, Sorrel is going to be there. There's a lot of people going to be there. There's 70 people. Room and state is taken care of. And um, it is an activation for activators and students alike. It is drawing some really powerful people to the space. So that is the, the, the lowest hanging fruit right now. Other than that, there's my book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life online. And um, yeah, we have really cool things coming up. Just maybe there might be a mastermind called Harmonized Humans Mastermind coming up in a few months. So having said that, I can't wait to meet each and every one of you. You want to play at the next level? Like my samurai teacher taught me, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Highly, highly recommend reaching out to this man. And for all of you listening, thank you as always for the depth of your receiving. It is so, so, so felt. And I'm look forward, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at zaharazimring and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.